This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. So over the past um, several weeks, we have been journeying together through some of the most well-known stories of Jesus as we have sought to engage three simple questions in the life of our church. Who were we? Who are we? And who do we want to be? And today we come to the final of, of those three questions. Who do we want to be? And I believe that the power of the gospel is such that it actually has power to transform us, to transform our community. And we see that transformation manifested in so many ways. I know that I can look through my own life, through um, broken relationships that have been healed and, and so on and so forth, to see ways that, that God has been in the work of taking what has been broken and making it whole. Our, our youth were engaged in that process this weekend of being part of God's restorative work in our community. Now, one of the ways that I have seen this manifestation of the transforming power of God in my own life um, is, is through a journey that I went on over the last couple of years. I want to show you a picture. That's me. Um, this, is, this is Angelo um, just a couple of years ago. If you knew me when I was an intern at the peak, um, or if you knew me my first couple of years in Swansboro or through Divinity School, um, this is the Angelo that you knew. And there was nothing wrong with that Angelo. I mean, he's a happy guy. He has a, 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 beautiful, a beautiful wife. Um, he loves the Lord. He loves ministry. But at 27 years old, he also weighed about 345 pounds. He had, he had high blood pressure. And he struggled with um, stress and anxiety. Now, this is not a sermon about weight loss, so y'all just calm down a little bit, okay? <laughs> you can take it off that slide. <laughs> but what it is a sermon about is, is it's a sermon about, about transformation. And the reason why I, I show you that picture it's because I had a moment. I had a moment about two and a half years ago where God kind of whacked me upside the head with a version of these three simple questions. Who have I been? Who am I today? And, and who do I want to be truly? And, and that moment occurred when my daughter was born. Um, my daughter Amelia was born and just uh, really a couple days, I, I believe, after she was born, I actually had a, a checkup, a physical, for um, the ordination process. Because believe it or not, they do that. Um, and so I had to get a checkup, and it wasn't a good one. And I believe that our journeys are all wrapped within the journey of our faith. Like, I don't think we can compartmentalize aspects of our life. So I don't just have like a you know, a spiritual life and then a life at home and then a life at work. But, you know, my relationship with Jesus is my life. That is the flow of our life. 
And so that desire to change and to be shaped and to be transformed came from this belief that through God, that would be possible. That through God, that would be possible. Now, when I ask the question, who do we want to be, I think about transformation. I think about transformation, and one of my favorite stories of transformation in Scripture occurs in the fourth chapter of John's Gospel. So I'm going to invite you, if you have a Bible with you, um, to open up to John chapter 4. And we're going to hear a story this morning about an encounter that Jesus has with a woman at the well. A woman at the well. It's John verse 4, verses 1 through 42. Now, again, I'm not going to read you 42 verses of Scripture. It's okay. But what we are going to do is we're going to walk through this story. Because I believe that there are three points, or what I'm going to refer to as postures of transformation within this story. That's my beautiful baby boy, by the way, Austin, (laughs) cooing and awing. That's right. That's right. He came to church, so what's, what's y'all's excuse? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See how I threw that in there? And as we walk through this scripture together, I want us to see how as this woman engages Jesus, there is a transformation that happens in her life. And I want to talk about it as a posture because I believe that, that one of the things that is real about who we are as human beings is that oftentimes we are, we are turned inwards towards ourselves. Um, early church father, St. Augustine, had an awesome word for this. He called it curvatus, curvatus. So now you have a really cool word to use when you're talking theology with your friends, assuming that's something you do. Um, curvatus was this way to explain how we as people are sinful. And part of the manifestation of that sin is that we are turned inwards towards ourselves. And part of what God's grace does is it allows us to turn and look outward and look to Christ. So I want to look at this scripture through these three postures of, of transformation this morning, and I want to start right at verse 1. So this is going to be John chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard, Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who were baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So we came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. And a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew... Ask a drink of me, a woman in Samaria. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, if we can start right here. First posture of transformation for this woman is that she goes to a well. She goes to a well. A simple action. But 
It acknowledges something deeper than just a journey to a well. It acknowledges a need. It acknowledges a desire. She went to a well because she was thirsty. She went to the well because she was thirsty. And part of recognizing a desire for transformation is acknowledging your need for it. Is acknowledging your need for it. Now, this wasn't just any trip to a well. The scripture specifically tells us that she went to the well around noon. Noon would not be a common time for someone to go and get water for the day. But as we find out later in our scripture, she's coming to the well at noon because within her community, she is seen as kind of an outcast. And in this scripture, that's important. Because one of the things that is important about this scripture is that Jesus is in Samaria. And Samaria is filled with Samaritans. And Jews and Samaritans did not get along. And to the Jews, Samaritans were already outcasts. So this woman was an outcast among the outcasts. And yet she's thirsty. So she goes to this place of vulnerability. She steps out of whatever home she's in, whatever cave she's hiding in. And she comes out and acknowledges her need to receive water. She goes to a well. I wonder how many of us need to go to a well. I wonder how many of us need to acknowledge our thirst. That there is something stirring up within us that God is calling us to be transformed into. And maybe like this woman, we struggle with some shame, but we must still go. We must still go. She goes to a well. Part two starts in verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. Great eye. You have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir... Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Part two, she meets the well. She meets the well. She acknowledges her need for something in her trip. And when she's there, she realizes that there is something greater that she is being offered But what I love about this scripture is that the whole time Jesus is speaking in some great metaphor and the woman seems to not recognize it. So her response 
when Jesus says, I'm going to offer you something greater, I have this water that can fill you up forever and you'll never be thirsty again, her interaction and her reaction to Jesus isn't to say, can you explain this further? She just says, give me the water. (laughs) Give me the water. Now, sometimes my greatest prayer is that I would have those kind of ears that would seek to not just delve so much into the larger picture or the larger framework or the deeper understanding of what I feel is going on in my life, but that I would just see a gift being offered to me and I would just say, can I have it? (laughs) Sometimes it can be that simple. One of the neat things about this passage in John 4 is that it actually contrasts another interaction that Jesus has in John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, Jesus meets with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He meets with someone who is well-learned. He meets with someone who is high in society And the questions that Nicodemus has for Jesus are very deep and knowledgeable and profound. How is it possible to be born again? But what I love about the scripture is that it never acknowledges how how Nicodemus responds to Jesus beyond what Jesus says. Right here, we have a physical need. This woman is thirsty. And when presented with this gift from Jesus... The only thing this woman can think to say is, just give me the water. Give me the water. Do we believe that Jesus has that kind of power in our life? That he can offer us something that can truly fill us? Because how often do we go beyond the wells and beyond the Jesuses to try to find things to fill us, but then we get thirsty again. We get thirsty again. And yet this woman heard Jesus offer her living water and without fully understanding what was going on, she just said, can I have some? Can I have some? Scripture goes on to talk about how this woman is fearful about being out and about because she hasn't lived the best life. She's had several marriages, and in fact, she's currently in a marriage, but the person, the man that she's with, isn't the man that she is married to, so she is also committing this sin of adultery, and Jesus reveals all of these things to her, and she calls Jesus a prophet. And finally, when the woman references the Messiah, Jesus says, I am he, the one who is speaking. And then we pick up at verse 27. It says that just then his disciples came and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city And we're on their way to him. It's her response to this proclamation of Jesus that gives us this final 
posture of transformation, and that is that she becomes a well. She becomes a well. It's one of the first evangelists we read about in Scripture. That she leaves. She leaves the presence of Jesus to go and tell people what she has experienced. And what was the thing that she left behind? The bucket! She didn't even take the bucket. She left the water jar behind and went to tell people the message of the gospel. She goes to the well, she meets the well, and she becomes the well. I don't know if I could think of any greater vision for our church that that would be what we reflect. That we would be a place of many wells. And we have many wells throughout this church. Wells throughout scripture were places of community. Places where people would come to to interact with one another. We come to the well that is worship. We come to the wells that are Bible studies and service projects and mission trips and everything we could think of. We come to all of these Wells, And what we find is that these wells are great and they provide us with excellent opportunities to be alongside each other and, and to love each other well and to be in relationship and in ministry with each other, but they all point to the same thing. The well of living water that is Jesus. And our desire as a church should be to have these places where people can come together so that they would encounter the living water that is Jesus, such that it would transform their life. That we would become the well that then goes and offers people water. So I have some questions for us this morning. Um, what is your current posture of transformation where are you in this journey? Where do you see yourself in this scripture? Are you thirsty? Do you desire deep connection with the people around you and with God? We have wells here. We have places you can come to be filled Have you met Jesus here? Have you encountered the love of God such that it has placed itself on your heart? And if so, my final question is, how are you becoming a well? Because that's the ultimate transformative move of the gospel. You cannot just stay where you are. The people in Scripture who come into contact with Jesus and actually believe, believe he is who he says he is, go. They always go. They always go and share. So who do we want to be? I believe we should want to be a reflection of that type of ministry in this place. And it brings us to our fourth and not-so-simple question how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, praise the Lord, I'm glad you asked. 
Come back next week, and we'll talk about it. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this day, for the ways that you have established yourself in this place, for the ways you call us together, for the ways that you engage our hearts, and ultimately for the ways that you transform us to be reflections of you. Help help us to become wells that spring forth life. Pray that in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.